Hey, you're listening to the Quarry Podcast. Get ready to be encouraged and uplifted with us today. Hey, everybody. I am super excited to be here tonight. Yesterday, I didn't have a voice, so it's a miracle that I have a voice today so I can speak to you guys. Um, first off, I want to give honor where honor is due. So I know Morgan isn't here tonight. We love and miss her. So thank you, Morgan and Amzie, for giving me this opportunity. I'm going to jump right into the title tonight. It's going to be called Team Spirit. I'm not going to lie. When I was thinking about a title for this message, some of you will know where I'm going with this. But I started thinking about High School Musical because I grew up on that. And I love those movies. But I'm not bragging. I think I could sing maybe almost every like song like by heart. Um, I'm a big enough fan where actually Emily and I we got in trouble <laughs> for singing a high school musical song in the back huddle before a Sunday service. I'm not going to say who we got in trouble by. It will not happen again, I'll tell you that. Um, we were supposed to be praying, and we were singing high school musical. So, um, Anyway, in the third movie, there's a song called Now or Never. And there's a part in the song, and it goes, so what are we going to be? And it's like, T-E-A-M, team. So I decided that if my uh, message had a theme song tonight, that's what it was going to be. But anyway, tonight I want to talk about being a team, and I want to talk about unity. You know, those two go together. And when I talk about being a team tonight, I'm talking about us, because we're a church, we're a church family, um, and we're a part of that together. And I looked up two definitions I want to talk about tonight of what a team is. The first one was, a team is defined as a group of people who perform tasks to work toward accomplishing a common mission or a specific objective. And then the second one I like better, it's a better one, it's devotion to teamwork rather than individual achievement. And in both of those, you know like the saying, there's no I in team, and I know there's like a side argument, well there's an uh, an M and an E, but the E comes first, so it's M instead of me, so it just doesn't work, it's not an argument. But um, in those definitions, it's not just about one individual's success or achievement. And when I was thinking about, you know, characteristics of what makes up a good team, there's probably millions, but some I came up with was communication. You know, you got to be able to communicate with your team. Um, you have to have participation. If you don't have participation, then it ain't, it ain't good. Right. You got to have discipline. You got to have some structure. Um, you got to have a goal. What are you working towards? You got to have accountability. And sometimes accountability can be sticky because you got to keep your teammates accountable, but it, it helps your team. And the last one I have is being supportive because if you don't have people on your team who are being supportive, you know, it just doesn't seem like you got each other's back. And that's what being supportive is. And like I said, you know, the list could go on, but it's just to show you that if you have people on your team that aren't for your team, then one, it isn't unified. And two, it has a potential weak spot, right? Um, are you guys following what I'm saying here? But let me break it down and maybe more of a way that will help you see my point. And it might be a little elementary level, might be cheesy, but sometimes cheesy is catchy. So I'm going to break it down into four stages of what I think makes up a great team. Number one, you got to have a coach, right? you got to have somebody leading the team. you got to respect the coach. Have you guys ever seen those, like, Team Jesus shirts. I feel like the like the 2010 Christian moms definitely be repping them in like the school drop-off line. No shade if you ever wore one, because I used to have the Got Jesus. It was like 
not again. <laughs> but the point is, is we all rep Team Jesus in here. Um, you know, he's our coach. He calls the plays. He's telling, he's choosing what each player does, and his goal is to help us win in life. And when you think about having a coach, there's a certain amount of respect you gain for your coach. I mean, if you're a good player, like Joshua, or anybody else who plays sports in here, I'm sure you're great. Um, you're spending <laughs> hours and hours a week developing your skills with your coach, right? You take the corrections and the criticism, and you you'd make it drive you to be better. And I, and I was looking at some uh, statistics about NBA players, and the amount of time they spend working with their team and with their coach was crazy. But, um, but they do it so they can become better. And when I was thinking about myself, because obviously I'm no NBA star or have no athletic ability whatsoever, really. So fitting it into my own perspective, I have to think how if I'm not listening, if I'm not developing or spending any time with my coach, Jesus, then I'm not helping my team. That's not helping you guys. If I'm not spending time with Jesus daily, if I'm not worshiping, if I'm not thanking God and being grateful, if I'm not serving others, just doing my part, I don't create an atmosphere, one, pleasing to my coach, Jesus again, and then pleasing to you, right? Pleasing to your team. You know, I can't show up after missing all these practices to a game and be like, hey, coach, put me in. You know, for me, I can't do nothing all week, sit on the couch and eat potato chips, and then get up here on a Wednesday night and expect you guys, your lives to be changed by what I'm saying. Or get up on a Sunday morning or Wednesday night and sing and, like, expect the anointing when all I did was eat chips all week. You know, um, I can't be like, God, I know I spent absolutely no time with you this week, but hey, could you use me? It doesn't work like that, and, you know, we have to do our part. We have to spend the time developing that trust and that relationship with our coach. So I want to take a look tonight at Romans 12, 1 through 2, in the message, because I think it does a great job at showing this. And it says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him, therefore for you, therefore your team. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture, the society, that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, ding, 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 fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you. Quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So I have, like, another theme song for this point. It's my last theme song. I'm sorry, guys. But you know, like, the high school musical song? It's high school musical. Band. It's like, get you, get your head in the game. You got to get you, get you, get you. So my point tonight, my first point, is keep your head in the game and your eyes on the coach. And what do I mean by this? I mean exactly like the verse said. It said, fix your attention on God. And then I added, you know, fix your eyes on God. You know, there will be distractions in life. And I'm not saying it's going to be, you know, perfect. It's going to be easy. But like the verse said, it said readily recognize and quickly respond. And that comes with open communication with God. That comes with spending time in your Bible and worshiping. And, you know, that's all behind the scenes, too. It's not just what you do on a Wednesday and a Sunday night. But, um, you know, that goes with uh, reading your Bible 
and sometimes even going to like a trusted leader. And I want to point out in the verse that it said, don't become so well adjusted to your culture, aka your society, the people around you, that you fit into it without even thinking. Mm -hmm. And I want to say that I think it's really important to to realize that the minute that you try fitting in with culture, your society is the minute you stop thinking about the team and about yourself. You know, we're not called to fit into culture. We're called to show culture who Christ is. You know, we're not called to be like everybody else, but we are called to do our part skillfully. And that brings me to my second stage tonight of what I think makes up a great team. So if he is our coach, what does that make us? Anybody know? Yes, I was hoping somebody would say that. (laughs) Number two, you got to have team players. You know, like I said earlier, we're all on the same team, and we all bring something different to it. If everybody had, like, the same exact position and talent, it might make it a little difficult. But, you know, some of us may sing. Some of us may preach. Some of us may be in the ministry of helps. Some of us may do sound or visual or lighting. You know, some of us may work within outreach and et cetera. There's lots of, there's lots of ways to do it. And I'm not just saying that it's about what you do here because, you know, everywhere that we go, we should be showing the world our team. And, and like I said, I think sometimes that we think we can only use what God gave us within the four, not the four walls, but all the walls of these buildings. Um, but that's not true. Right. You know, maybe you're a leader at school mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, and people know that you believe in God and come to you. Maybe you use sports as an ability to glorify God, pray before or after games. That's ways that people know that they could come to you. Maybe you start a Bible study at a school or you're involved. I know a lot of schools have, like, FCA. Maybe that's something you do. Maybe you just pray for this church and this team. Maybe it's nothing big. Maybe you're just praying at home. You know, personally for me, I work at a hospital, and I've had within these past couple of weeks, I've had some amazing opportunities and experiences that I've never had before. Just people, you know, the world is super broken, and sometimes people are not the best um, representation of who Jesus is. So some of these people at work have had super bad experiences with with the church and with God, and that's super sad, but that's where we step in. That's where we show people, you know, hey, not look at me, but look at what God did for me. Sometimes people just need to know that they're loved, and sometimes people need to see the light that God put in you, you know. And there's so many ways to be a team player, but I want to look at Romans 12 again, this time verses 4 through 6. And it says, in this way, we are like various parts of a human body. Each gets its meaning from the body as a whole, not the other way around. The body we're talking about is Christ's body of chosen people. Each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body. But as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to so much, would we? Meaning if all of us have a part and without you, we we wouldn't amount to so much. So since we find ourselves fashioned into all these excellently formed, I couldn't pronounce this earlier, so I'm going to go really slow, marvelously functioning parts in Christ's body. Let's, Let's just go ahead and be what we are made to be without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other or trying to be something we are. So my second point tonight is every position has a purpose. You know, my position shouldn't match Emily's or Madeline's or Pappy's or Joshua's or Judah. You know, it shouldn't look like anybody else's. 
you know, and, and if we look in, I don't have this verse, but Jeremiah 29, 11, um, you know, it says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. You already got a plan, you know, but you have to be listening and you have to be ready for what the coach calls for you. Um, you know, God's got something for you, but you got to be ready. You got to be like, not just like slouching in the, in, on the bench, but you got to be like on your toes, ready for it. And if we look back at the verse, it said, each of us finds our meaning and function as a part of his body, but as a chopped off finger or a cut off toe, we wouldn't amount to so much, would we? You know, we need you. And I don't want anybody in here thinking that you don't got a place or a position on this team because you do. Maybe you don't know what it is right now. That's okay. Maybe you're confused right now. That's okay. Maybe you don't feel like you have anything to offer, but you do. We've all been there. We've all thought that. I'm sure plenty of people in this room have been. I I know I have thought like that, but it's not true. I'm here to tell you that tonight. And I'm here also to tell you the best part of being on a team. Do you guys want my secret? When you fall, guess what? You have a whole room in, uh, in people in here ready to pick you back up on your feet. Or when you're in a situation and you don't know what to do, look around you. There's a whole group of people who are in here that should have your back. You know, we are a team. And because of that, we should always have each other's back, no matter what. And that goes, I think this is my favorite one tonight. That goes into my third stage of what I think makes up a great team. Number three, you got to have a jersey. Give me a second, and I'll explain to you what I mean. I got a verse for it and everything. But every sport has a different kind of jersey. You know, like football, Sammy has gear that, you know, Joshua wouldn't wear as a basketball player and vice versa. And also, if you think about it, the jerseys that they wear or the uniforms, whatever it is, are, is usually identifying them as who they play for, right? So I want to take a look at what we got jerseys, guys. I know that might come as a surprise, but we got something we should be wearing. So I want to take a look at Colossians 3. 12 through 14 in the message. (laughs) And it says, So chosen by God, chosen by God, not you, chosen by God, for this new life of love, dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. I I just got to say it again. Dress dress in the wardrobe God picked out for you. Let's let's see what it is. We got compassion. Kindness, Uh-oh. humility, yep. okay. quiet strength. Everybody don't got to know about everything. Quiet strength, okay. discipline, yep. be even-tempered. Look at this one. Content with second place. Okay. Mm. Quick to forgive an offense. Forgive as quickly and completely as the master forgave you. I love this part right here. And regardless of what you wear, wear love. It's your basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. I mean, Jesus, Louise. It does not get any easier than that, y'all. This is our jersey. This is what we should be wearing and identified as. When people see you, they should be like, mm, Colossians 3, 12 through 14. <laughs> and uh, this is like a little side note, but it's not like a pick which, like, pick which one you want to do for the day, right? You know how, like, yeah, like most uh, sports have like home versus home game versus away game jerseys. That's that's not what this is. It's not a pick your put your hand in the jar and pick which one you want to wear for the day. No, if you look at the verse, and I know it was talking about love, but I'm putting it for all of them. 
Um, it says this is basic, all-purpose garment. Never be without it. And look, I know we are imperfect people. I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying that you're going to nail it every single time with all of these. But I am saying that we should be striving for those things to be our goal, to be wearing compassion and kindness and, and love. You know, we should be wearing those. That's how to be a good teammate is to dress in your hand-picked-out wardrobe that God has for you. So my third point tonight is dress in your jersey. And the final stage I want to talk about tonight, um, talking about, you know, the foundations of a team, number four, you got to have a game plan, right? What is it? What is life without a game plan? Um, you also could call it purpose or vision if you wanted to switch it up. But, you know, growing up, if you ever played sports or if you ever went to watch sports, you know, they always create plays. Um, so, like, going to Joshua's game sometimes, sometimes they'll just be saying the weirdest plays. They'll be like, hey, like, square roundabout. And then everybody goes to, like, their different places because they know where they're supposed to go. Or sometimes, like, I saw at Joshua's last game, like, the coach was patting his back, just, like, kept patting it. I was like, sometimes it's weird. You know, thank God that God is not that confusing and directing, <laughs> directing us in our life. But anyway, my point is you have to know the plan. you got to know where to go, and you got to know what you're striving for. So we're talking about team spirit, and we're talking about, you know, being on this team together, being a family. And, and I do want to say, you know, right now, you know, Pastor Jordan's doing a series on growing up. Yeah. And um, we're talking about our church growing, but not just our church, the whole kingdom of God. Yeah, yeah. And um, I just want to say that it's really important to know that we have to make sure that we're staying a team of unity so we can extend it in a healthy and a loving way. Yeah. You know, if, if, we're, if we're wanting to see new people and new faces and, and share God's light and love, you know, we got to make sure we, got, we know what we're doing first with, like, loving other people. We have to live in unity we have to walk in love with people here. Yeah, that's right, We're not called to criticize or critique others. We're not called to do that, but we are called to show love and to show people who Christ is. And in a verse that we're going to read in a minute in Romans 12, it's talking about judging others. And God says, he says, I'll take care of that, but that's not for you to do. Basically, in a nicer way, he's saying, mind your own business. Um, so, we sh so, so what if somebody messed up? So what if somebody said something they shouldn't? So what if you don't agree with somebody? You know, because newsflash, I know maybe some of you don't know this, but um, we're all imperfect. We all mess up. We all make mistakes. Um, but this, these people in here, you guys, and, and the people around you, that's who should, we should have each other's backs. You know, you guys should have the person you're sitting next to. You should have their back no matter what. I don't care what they did last night, last week, last year. I don't really care. But, you know, we are called to have each other's back. Amen. And if we can't do that with each other, Ooh. how do you expect, number one, to do it for people who actually really need it, and number two, people we don't even know? You know, and of, and of course we want to see more people come to know God here, but I just want to say that we got to do a better job of that with each other, too. And I want to look at Philippians 2, 2 through 5, in the Passion, it says, So I'm asking you, my friends, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, 
and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fill my heart with unbounded joy. Be free from pride-filled opinions, for they will only harm your cherished unity. Don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others, oh, view others as more important than yourselves. Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. And consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before us. Let his mindset be your motivation. And if you look at the end of that, if you could put it back up for just a second, it says, consider the example that Jesus, the anointed one, has set before you. So how many of y'all know that if Jesus is walking in that mindset, how much more should we be striving to? And, you know, I know that tonight I'm kind of hitting a lot just about unity within our church, but um, I do want to emphasize that this team just isn't for you. It isn't just for the person next to you. You know, y'all do know that we got a world full of people who need to get on this team. And, you know, there are no, like, tryouts. It's not a come show us your best or just show up this week and we'll tell you if you're in or not. You know, no, this, this isn't anybody's kind of, this is a anybody is welcome kind of team. It's an open invitation. And it doesn't matter how, how spiritual you are or where you're at in life or what you do, what your skill level is. None of that matters. It just matters that... Um, that this team is for the world, not just for you. And um, how many of you know that we're called to do the recruiting too? You know, we're called to go out into the world and show people who Jesus is. Our our game plan, so to say, or our purpose is to bring people to know who Jesus is. You know, we're called to love those who the world says is unlovable. We're called to help the hurting. We're called to lead the lost. We're called to be a team, to be united. And I think that this verse that I'm about to read is, I'm going to say is our game plan for tonight. Yeah. Really, the Bible is your, is your game plan. But this verse I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about is the game plan that we're going to be working on. And it's in Romans 12, 6 through 21. And it's a little bit long, so stick with me. It's super good. I'll check in, make sure you guys are still paying attention in a second. But it says, if you preach... Just preach God's message, nothing else. If you help, just help. Don't take over. If you teach, stick to your teaching. If you give encouraging guidance, be careful that you don't get bossy. If you're put in charge, don't manipulate. If you're called to give people aid and distress, keep your eyes open and be quick to respond. If you work with the disadvantaged, don't let yourself get irritated with them or depressed by them. Keep a smile on your face. You guys still with me? All right. This is one of my this is one of my favorite lines right here. Love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. I like this too. Run for dear life from evil. Hold on to for dear life to good. Be friends who deeply love practicing second fiddle. Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled in a flame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. Help needy Christians. Be inventive in hospitality. Y'all still with me? Okay. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. That one might be hard for some people, so I'll read it again. Bless your enemies. No cursing under your breath. Laugh with your happy friends when they're happy. Share tears when when they're down. Get along with each other. Don't be stuck up. Oh, I love this part right here. 
Make friends with nobodies. Don't be the great somebody. Don't hit back. Discover beauty in everyone. If you've got it in you, get along with everybody. Don't insist on giving, getting even. This is what I was talking about earlier when God said mind your own business. Don't insist on getting even. That's not for you to do. I'll do the judging, God says. I'll take care of it. Yeah. Our scripture tells us that if you see your enemy hungry, yep. go buy that person lunch. Yeah. Or if he's thirsty, get him a drink. Yes, your generosity will surprise him with goodness. I love this part. Don't let evil get the best of you. Get the best of evil by doing good. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds like a really good game plan to yeah. me. Yeah. And, and like I said, realize that this, this game plan, it isn't about you, but it is about what you do. You know, notice you'll prosper from, from pursuing God, therefore pursuing his people. And so my fourth and my final point tonight is um, keep pursuing his plan and his people. You know, I love, like I said, it was my, my favorite lines in that love from the center of who you are. Don't fake it. Pursuing his people, pursuing God's people is loving them. And sometimes I feel not a romantic type of love. That's not what I'm saying. Just loving people. Sometimes if we look around, it, you can really see that overall love has become lacked in the world, right? But we... You, Amzie always says that you're responsible for what you've been taught, what you know. So now y'all know, so now you're responsible for it. But we can always be better. We can always strive for more. So keep practicing this game plan. Keep reading it. Um, and before I close, I'm just going to review the points I've said. You know, number one, if you didn't catch it, you can write it down now. Number one, you got to have a coach. Keep your head in the game and your eyes on the coach. You know, follow Jesus and his plan, not the world's or your own. Number two, you got to have team players. Yeah. Every position has a purpose. Yeah. No one's left out, but everybody's welcome, and everybody has a part. Yeah. Number three, dress in your jersey. Um, dress in the handmade jersey God picked out for you. Yeah. And number four, got to have a game plan. Keep pursuing his plan and his people. Yeah. So did you guys get anything tonight? Awesome. Did it help wow. you guys? <laughs> That's all I got tonight. But I love you guys. Super honored to be able to speak to you guys. I hope this helped you. Thanks for listening to this message. To learn more about what's happening at The Quarry, check us out on social media.